Hello, everyone. Welcome to Episode 4 of the Mock Trial Flight School Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about what is the job of the witness. Before I talk about that, I want to mention that this does not mean that the attorney is not included in dealing with what the witness has to do to prepare, nor does what the witness need to do to prepare exclude the attorney. Ah, so let's get into our episode. Let me start by talking about why I want to start right at the beginning by emphasizing the fact that mock trial preparation for a witness does not exclude the attorney. Let me just roll off several reasons for this. One, two minds are better than one. It is extremely difficult to both memorize facts and think about how to be persuasive and in character. And then on top of that, think about how a witness needs to prove the facts in the case are necessary to meet the legal theory. And so in order to do all of this together, you need both the attorney and the witness focused on witness prep. This means a few meetings, they need to collaborate, they need to hang out, they need to get along, they need to be able to work together. Next, why include the attorney and witness prep? Because everything the witness is going to be emphasizing in their examination, in their testimony, is going to be linked to the case theory. You can't keep focused on that without keeping the attorneys involved. Next, creativity. It is so important, again, two minds are better than one. It is so important that witnesses not take their job for granted and simply just feel like their job is just to roll off the facts and memorize their statements. It's very important that witnesses get creative in formulating what their character is going to be like on the witness stand and how they can really get into their acting and really stand out. And this is going to take some brainstorming and some creativity, and that is much easier when you have someone helping you out and someone collaborating with you. Next, attorney input into the witness role. The witness isn't necessarily looking at the case as a whole. The attorney usually is because they may be involved in closing or opening or preparing for objections. And through this process, having the attorney involved in witness prep can help give the witness insight into why they may or may not want to testify in certain ways, characterize themselves in certain ways, or how they might best shape facts to be the most favorable to their side. Next, witness input into the attorney role. This is another reason why it's so important to have the attorney involved with the witness in their preparation because you never know where the witness might point out things to the attorney, emphasize the way they should characterize themselves, and so on and so forth in a way that changes the attorney's strategy potentially for the way the entire case theory is presented through opening and closing and examination of those witnesses. And so this is another reason to turn the table and look at witness prep from the standpoint of how does the witness end up influencing the attorney's role. And last reason I want to mention having the attorney involved in witness preparation is because when it comes time for rehearsal, which is that important time to be honing the 
trial presentation skills and making sure everyone is fluent in presentation, they need to be already prepared and effective. And they can't do that if they haven't been working together to come up with the script and the way things are going to proceed at trial. So I just wanted to kind of start out by emphasizing that when I talk about what the job of a witness is, one of the number one jobs of a witness is to hold their attorney accountable and vice versa, have the attorney hold the witness accountable. And this means working together and having input with each other. Okay, so let's get to the job of the witness. So in summary, I'll just start by giving you an introduction and saying that the job of the witness obviously is to supply the facts in the case, to personify the person whom they're playing, and to present the case as favorably as possible from their side's point of view. So that's it in a nutshell. And a lot of witnesses who are not preparing to go to the highest levels in mock trial will leave it at that and then just memorize their witness statements. And if they'll do the hard work of memorizing their statements, that's not going to be a bad witness. But it's also not necessarily going to be a witness that really stands out from the crowd. So I want to break these jobs down just a little bit more and think about some of the nuances of these key roles that the witness plays and emphasize the fact that for a witness to truly be prepared, they need to be working with the attorney, as I mentioned, but they also need to be doing a lot of work in the mock trial setting that they may not be thinking about. Let's talk about supplying the facts of the case. First of all, the general assumption when we say supplying facts is that the witness is going to memorize their witness statement and that's where their facts are going to come from. And that certainly is a very important aspect of witness preparation. And so they supply facts from the witness statement. But here we're, here's where it gets a little more nuanced than that. Think about this. It's fair for the witness to testify because the witness should have reasonable knowledge of facts that are found within the stipulations that the witness somehow has a connection to. That will allow the witness to potentially better perform their role to enhance who they are and how they play their position. That's going to take some analysis and some thought and also just simply knowing all of those facts that are in those stipulations. So that's another source that you may not be thinking about when preparing your witness role. So you not only need to know your witness statement, but you also need to know the stipulations, especially those that are related to your witness and you might reasonably testify from as having knowledge of. A very similar and potentially more important aspect of witness preparation is to look at the exhibits and how your witness role would have knowledge of the information in those exhibits and to be able to testify reasonably from those exhibits if you should have reasonable and a reasonable expectation of knowledge of what's in those exhibits, then you may be able to propose facts. I won't say create or manipulate or... Uh, but form facts and that you could reasonably infer from those exhibits and from your knowledge as a witness. 
And if your attorney feels like he can support an argument that those inferences are reasonable and that you should, in fact, reasonably have knowledge of that, then it's not an unfair extrapolation for you to testify from it. And so some of those things can help to solidify your testimony from the standpoint of how it may contradict other witnesses in the trial. And those exhibits can then stand in for you. And those are ways that you can really enhance your testimony. So you as a witness need to get into that exhibit analysis with your attorney and not just rely on the attorney to do that. Because you memorizing your witness statement, your facts, you may see connections that the attorneys don't necessarily see. And that's, again, where it's so important that you work together. Another way that I want to talk about that you supply facts in the case is from different witness points of views. One point of view would be as a lay witness. And in this case, you would present from personal knowledge the information and facts that you know in the case. Most of those are going to come from, as we said before, the witness statement. And you may reasonably infer some things from those witness statements that help, again, to solidify who you are as a character in this trial. And for a lay witness, that's really important that you come across as being genuine, authentic, and to really get into the method acting for who it is you're representing in the trial, rather than just coming across as a student sitting on the witness stand showing that they've memorized a bunch of information from a witness statement. A second way you need to look at yourself as supplying facts in the case is when you happen to be an expert witness. And in this case, you want to really emphasize your qualifications in the field that you're testifying about. You want to supply facts in a way that have the right tone and the right emphasis and the right filled in details so that you're supplying them as an expert and not as a layperson. So think very strategically about that and supply those facts in both cases, whether a lay witness or an expert witness, with the strategic use of language that supports the case theory in the best way possible. Of course, you want to stay within a realm of what's permissible and not make unfair extrapolations. But there's going to be much that is permissible depending on your point of view as a witness, as a lay witness or as an expert witness in the way you phrase things and say things. So those are some keys about the jobs of a witness with respect to how you go about supplying the facts in the case. One of the most important things I want to emphasize there is there's no whether you're a lay witness or an expert witness and get into more than just your witness statement and look at stipulations, exhibits, and other aspects of ways you may extrapolate fairly from your statement. <coughs> so what is the next role that you have as a witness and what is your job? That's what we're talking about today. Your first job is to supply the facts all of this, of course, working with your attorney, I emphasize yet again. Your second job is to personify the person that you are playing. I've already alluded to this, but I want to really emphasize it here that this is, again, more than simply memorizing a witness statement. You need to, as best you can, become the person whom you are playing. 
Who are you assigned and how can you become that person? Think of this as method acting. Google that, look it up, see what I'm talking about. Watch some videos on YouTube about acting and really getting into playing the part of another person. The more you can adapt yourself to being that other person, the higher you're going to score in your mock trial performance. How do you do that? One thing I recommend is that you adopt the traits and the characteristics of that person. Now, in order to do this effectively, you're going to have to practice. Before you practice, you're going to have to do the witness analysis so that you can choose characteristics and traits that are that fit with the person whom you're playing. Until you do that analysis, it's very difficult to do that. You may change the characteristics and traits you choose. Think strategically about this. You may change those things depending on what the case theory is. You know, certain a certain personification of a witness may not work effectively and may leave too much for the opposing side to attack if you're not careful about how you choose them. So do things strategically, but don't not take risk either because you need to be able to add into the case. And that brings me to my third point about personifying the person. After you become the person, you adopt their traits and characteristics. Use those aspects as well as other things to add drama and humor humor, excuse me, into your presentation. Think of yourself as a public speaker trying to engage an audience while at the same time being a different person as you do it, as you present. So use your words, the words you choose. Look carefully in analyzing the witness statement to come up with special ways of using language that exemplifies your personification that will really stand out and will add to the case. Prepare to add drama and humor also by expanding through your testimony on maybe minute points or major points in a way that will really help you to stand out as a witness. So we're talking about personifying the person. You also prepare to add drama and humor through thinking about the emotions that you can display on the witness stand. Are there moments in which you want to get really excited? Are there moments in which you want to get really somber? Are there moments you want to cry and become very upset? Are there moments you want to laugh off opposing counsel and let them know how frivolous you think their uh, questions are? So there are all these different moments that you can plan for, practice, rehearse, and be able to really get into uh, adding to your character through some drama and some humor if you are prepared to deliver the correct emotions. Very similar to emotions would be attitudes. Are there questions you're going to have aggressive attitudes for, passive attitudes, uh, questioning attitudes, just brainstorm all of the different attitudes that your witness may have and use those to your advantage to add deep characterization to the person whom you're playing. And a few other things to think about that can be especially advantageous. There may be 
moments during your presentation as a witness where you may want to use a certain gesture. Maybe you want to point at the defendant. Maybe you want to roll your eyes at an attorney. Maybe you want to rise up out of your seat and act as though you want to be aggressive towards someone. There, there are a lot of different gestures you might use. So think about your character, how you best personify them, and incorporate some of those gestures into your presentation. The, the more you do this, the more you rehearse, the more you get into character, the better. Positioning is yet another way that you can prepare to add drama and humor. is through where do you position yourself? Maybe you want to sit in your chair a certain way and position yourself. Maybe you want to look at certain people. All of this helps to add to your case. And we discussed it with a little bit with attitude and gestures, but another way you want to personify your witness is through expressions. You may even come up with some uh, certain facial tics or gestures or things that you do with your expressions that are unique to you. If you have the ability to do that, then more power to you and take advantage of that special skill. Come up with something simple, uh, if that's not your game, to, to where you can express yourself. Uh, it could be as simple as uh, an eye roll, a wink, a nod of the head, or something like that that works for you. So those are just some ways. Don't limit yourself to just those that you can prepare to add drama and humor during the course of the trial. Pick out some joke lines from your witness statement. Use those to your advantage at the right strategic times, so on and so forth. The next way to personify or to prepare to personify your person is to fill in for the attorney the details and things that the attorney may have missed on direct. It's important that you be so prepared that if you know that your attorney uh, forgets a question, that you know where it stood in the timeline and you can then go back and help fill in on the next question say well you know uh blah 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 and then yes that leads me to the answer to the question you're asking me now there's always that opportunity for you to do that it may even be something you do as a strategy if it works and flows well for your direct examination to plan with your attorney for those times where you're going to fill in a few details as part of your personification Again, it's going to depend on your character and what you decide is most effective for that character. You know, different witnesses do different things, and you want to differentiate. Another thing to do, possibly, to personify your person is to elaborate effectively on less relevant details that the attorney might not want to ask about specifically. Use some of these colorful aspects of your witness statement to be that special person that you are. It may not be that your attorney wants to ask you what color your eyes are, but you may make a special effort to insert that you have blue eyes when you're talking about how you saw something happen at the scene of an event, for instance. And, you know, just as part of what makes you special as a character. If it works, that example may not work for you. There's you know, this is why you do your witness analysis to develop those traits and characteristics that make sense for you. And how would you as a witness elaborate on less relevant details? What are going to be the less relevant details that really kick in and pitch into who it is you are as a person? It's important to 
combine traits and characters to help develop who you are as a person and where you're going to elaborate, how you're going to behave on the witness stand. All right. Another way you can personify the person is how do you adapt on cross-examination? How does your person, um, so one way is how does, how do you use your personality in words to present favorable testimony? This is a very common way that witnesses in mock trial differentiate themselves. They come across, you know, when they're being cross-examined, a certain way. They push back in a certain way, and that is important. Use your personality and your words to, in the way that makes sense for you as a witness to present more favorable testimony. But some more things to think about is, you know, who are you as a person, and how would you choose effective answers to questions that are really outside of what you should know as a witness can you be a witness who more frequently says i don't know or i can't remember or other ways that you might want to respond in not only helping your case but also staying in character so think about what are the most effective ways to answer questions on cross-examination that help you to adapt your character to presenting the most favorable testimony Another way to choose effective answers is to learn what you can infer from other facts that you don't officially know if those things are reasonable. And this is going to require that additional study of all of the other witness statements, looking for things that you should reasonably know from those other witnesses, as well as the evidence and the stipulations. And based on all of that, there may be times that you can present very effective answers on cross-examination based on inferences that you can reasonably make. You also can choose effective answers that may not necessarily be contradictions of your own statement and still be able to overcome the negative things that are in your witness statement. And if you can do that, then you can prevent being impeached quite as effectively uh, because you won't have directly contradicted yourself. So that's where those inferences or those I don't knows and I can't remembers on things that aren't directly in your witness statements can be very powerful. Okay, so we have talked about personifying the person, supplying the facts of the case. These are some of the key things that are the job of the witness on uh, in preparing for the case. We're talking about witness jobs. One you probably don't think about as much, though, are, is preparing the, with the attorney for possible objections. We were just talking about, in preparing for cross-examination, making inferences. You can help your attorney to prepare for objections such as unfair extrapolation or outside the scope of the mock trial materials by helping your attorney to analyze all of the witness statements, stipulations, evidence, and look for those ways that you can make reasonable inference, uh, inferences. And that can then help your attorney to prepare for objections by being able to argue in response to an objection such as an unfair extrapolation. Another important objection for you to help your attorneys prepare for is hearsay, especially for more important facts that if that you want to get in if possible and for the jury to hear but might be considered hearsay uh, even if a proper foundation were laid. 
So one thing you can do is try to help the attorney reframe those facts when possible. For instance, your attorney could correctly ask a question on direct examination of, do you know what color the grass was? And it may be that you only know because Jack, some another witness, told you, or another person involved in the case, told you that the grass was green. But if you say Jack told me, then you're going to solicit that objection for hearsay. So another way you might uh, get, so a way you as the witness can help is by reframing your answer. And instead of saying, he told me the grass was green, when you're asked, do you know what color the grass was, just say yes. And then the attorney could ask you, what color was the grass? The grass was green. That mean that's going to force the opposing attorney to be much more prepared and to know that you didn't actually know what color the grass was because it was only because somebody told you. But the attorney's going to have to know that, or they won't realize that that question lacked enough foundation for the uh, information to be admissible. Now, you know, doing a little attorney prep here. Hey, attorneys, you need to know your facts and your information so that you know when information is actually based on hearsay so that you can recognize that there's an improper foundation or a lack thereof. So work with your attorney on laying the foundation if possible and make the opposing attorney work a little bit harder by you and your attorney working together to prepare for objections. Make the opposing attorney do the work of limiting the facts that help your case after the jury. And, and if possible, make it where the attorney doesn't even know to object until after the judges or the jury has already heard the information. And that's going to mean that at least it's been heard and subconsciously it's, it's there. You can help to reframe by avoiding trigger words, such as words, such as he told, I heard, she said, words like that. Another way you can help your attorney prepare for objections is to brainstorm for all the different possible objections that an opposing counsel might make on your direct examination as a witness. You know, what are the problems? Where's the hearsay? Where's where's the irrelevant information that you really want to get out there on the record and how can you make it relevant? So on and so forth. You know, what are the various ways that you can lay foundations, what are the various things you can do to avoid possible objections. And also brainstorm possible objections by your side on cross-examination. What can you expect the opposing attorney to want to ask you about and get from you on cross-examination that there might actually be an available objection to such as relevance, such as character, uh, things like that, that you might want to discuss with your attorney and prepare for in advance. You can help your attorney to recognize those things and be more prepared for trial. So let's review real quick, and then we'll wrap up this episode. What's the job of a witness? First and foremost, the job of the witness is to supply the facts in the case. If you don't know your witness statement, then you know, you're know you not going to pass as a good mock trial witness. But we want to take it beyond that. And the second thing we want to do is we want to be able to personify that person in a way that really sets us apart as an actor and as a witness in a mock trial that's how we can help take our team from the basics to the next level where we might progress through to further competitions
We want to do this through working with our attorney to fill them in on all the details that might might need to be filled, becoming that person, adding drama and humor, adapting on cross-examination, choosing the most effective answers, and so on. And then lastly, we want to help our attorney prepare for objections so that our ter- attorney can perform well and know that you as the witness are able to going to be able to back up the attorney's work with the right information on testimony, uh, during testimony. So help, prepare. Know how your inferences are supported. Uh, know how you can avoid hearsay, so on and so forth. So with those three things done, you will have done your job as a witness. Uh, and next episode, we're going to cover how to do a little more work on this characterization and personification that we were talking about. What are some tools, techniques that you might use to really prepare for that and to be able to come up with what the right character should be for you? All right. So hope you get something out of this episode. I look forward to hearing from you soon.